This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSC.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network of Founders Federal Football Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving with family and friends and the turkey and the football and everything else. And, of course, this is the Friday before the huge, huge game at Clemson tomorrow between the Tigers and the Gamecocks. And tonight is the night we unveil our picks for that game and the other games on our sheet, but primarily the South Carolina-Clemson game will be foremost on our minds tonight. Phil Cornblue coming to you from Dave and Buster's in Greenville. What a beautiful, beautiful place this is. Dave and Buster's in Greenville in Columbia and in Myrtle Beach, and we're up here at the Greenville location, and they have been so hospitable. And just like the other locations, this place is a fantastic, a great place to come to with family, with kids, with friends. And, you know, they address all your needs. You want something to eat? You got it. You want something to drink? You got it. You want to watch any number of sporting events on televisions? They've got it. You want something to drink besides soda and tea? They got it. And the beautiful thing is you can be separated. You can send the kids over to the arcade. You can hustle over to the bar. You can be with the family in the dining room. place is huge. It's so well laid out and so well done. I'm so impressed by all their locations. And we are here in Greenville tonight. Came on up to beat the traffic coming across the state to Clemson for that 12 o'clock kickoff tomorrow, which is no fun going to Clemson for a 12 o'clock kickoff if you've done it before, and I'm sure many of you have. I'll give you the traffic report uh, very quickly. Uh, heavy traffic coming through and out of Columbia. The construction on I-26, of course, is a problem. However, the traffic was flowing, and as long as there was not an accident, there was no backup until you got to the intersection of 26 and 385. For some reason, we had some kind of a backup there this afternoon. But once you got on 385, it was clear sailing into Greenville. Now, what's happening further south on 85, I don't know. Didn't go down that far, but I'm sure the traffic will be heavy going into Clemson tomorrow. The... uh, the parking lots, I believe, open at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So plan accordingly and just take your time and be patient and you'll get to your spot and you'll get in the stadium in time for all the action inside Death Valley. And what action are we expecting? Are we expecting a Clemson romp? Are we expecting another Gamecock surprise? Are we expecting a down-to-the-wire type of game? Are we expecting Clemson to put the Gamecocks asleep? as they have done in the last seven meetings, put them asleep uh, pretty early? That is the big question of the night, and that is something we will discuss here as we move on through the program. We'll have our football filibuster at 6.30. No Lee Sterling tonight. Lee is taking the holiday weekend off, so nothing from our man Lee Sterling tonight. 
And uh, in the bottom of hour number two, 7.30, we will have birdies and bogeys. Thanksgiving edition with George Bryan as we talk about golf around South Carolina and around uh, other parts of the world as well. So that's what we have for you tonight. Plus, of course, uh, recruiting for you. Clemson picked up another commitment yesterday from Tyler Brown, the speedy wide receiver from Greenville. And we'll go over the recruiting report for you tonight a little bit later on. And if you want to join us, you want to jump on board, 888-898-2525. That is our number, the South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number here on Sports Talk. And uh, you can join us there. Get in your final picks for the big game on Saturday. How you think it's going to go? I tell you, just from our panel of experts, there's many more picks for the Gamecocks. Now, that's with the points. That's taking the 14-and-a-half points. But there seems to be uh, some confidence about the Gamecocks' ability to play with the Tigers tomorrow. We haven't had too many callers pick the Gamecocks. We had one 58-48. I think Gamecock <laughs> Larry picked uh, the Gamecocks 63-17, but mostly it's been Clemson 3 32-10, 31-17, 70-28, 28-14, 63-38, and 28-17. So it's been by and large in favor of the Tigers. And Chris, uh, the, the good folks at Clemson, in their game notes, put out some interesting data that I tweeted out the other day because I thought it was interesting data related to the history between the Gamecocks and the Tigers. Of course, this will be game number 119 in the series. It was the second longest uninterrupted series in the country until the COVID interruption in 2020. So that's a shame that this great rivalry was interrupted for no good reason, and it it now you know it it it, it eliminated that part of uh, the record book between South Carolina and Clemson. Of course, um, we all know that uh, Clemson has won seven in a row. No team in the series has won eight in a row. So the Tigers will be trying to uh, make some history by beating the Gamecocks on Saturday. And uh, there were a few other things related to the winning streak for Clemson that I wanted to uh, touch on here. And it's all, of course, in favor of the Tigers, but a couple of interesting things. Number one, the Gamecocks haven't scored a touchdown in the series since the fourth quarter of the 2018 game. The average score over the seven-game winning streak has been 41-15, to in favor of Clemson. And let's see. The Tigers have, like, if you want to break it down, like, if you want to break it down into, you know, days and weeks and years, the amount of time that Clemson has spent um, with this winning streak <laughs> against the, the Gamecocks is, is something uh, very, very long. Here we go. So, this is from Clemson now from their pregame notes. And so I thought Clemson Tim Bray had retired. No, no, no. He's still contributing. <laughs> because this is all Tim Bray stuff here. He, Clemson <clears throat> enters the game having not surrendered a point to the Gamecocks in 1,092 days. Not surrendered a touchdown in 1,463 days. And not lost to the Gamecocks in 3,283 days. Clemson will have led the all-time series with the Gamecocks 
for 45,299 consecutive days. That's 124 years and nine days. USC won the series opener in 1896. Clemson evened the series in 1897. The Tigers won the third game of the series in 1898 on November 17th to take a 2-1 series lead, and that lead has not been relinquished. So Clemson, you know, South Carolina doesn't put quite as much information in their game notes about the series history as Clemson does. But you know what it's time to do? It's time to get right to it. It's time to get right to it. There's no sense delaying it. Here we go. I've looked at it. I've thought about it. I've broken it down. I've, I've regurgitated the information over and over again. I've evaluated. Gamecocks 31, Tigers 28. There I said it. Wow. Gamecocks 31, Tigers 28. That's how I see it. Mitch Jeter, a field goal with 37 seconds to go into the hill, and that'll win it for the Gamecocks 31 28. Now, you might be saying, what in the world are you thinking about? Well, I mean, look, eight years in a row is tough to do. Now, I know every year is individual. Eight years in a row is tough to do. South Carolina, the way they played against Tennessee, got to believe that's the team that will come onto the field in Death Valley, which means that will be a pretty good team against Clemson. I'm not sold on Clemson as a – super elite team, though they are hovering. You know, they're number eight in the ranking. They're kind of hovering, but the committee doesn't think they're a super team. I mean, they've got two teams with two losses ranked ahead of them in the, uh, in the ranking. Um, they've had a number of close, cl- uh, close calls. And when I was evaluating teams, I looked at where, where would South Carolina fit in on Clemson's schedule? What team would they equate to or what teams? And I looked at Florida State and I looked at um, – Syracuse, I looked at Wake Forest, I looked at the healthy NC State with their quarterback. And, you know, I think South Carolina is every bit as good as any of those four teams, and all four of them played Clemson very close. And what team does Clemson equate to on the Gamecock schedule in terms of what they are and how good they are? Kind of settled on, well, the best I could come up with was Tennessee because they're not as good as Georgia. They've got offensive weaponry like Tennessee. They do have a better defense than Tennessee, but that was the closest one I could equate to. So I think if South Carolina is not intimidated, isn't freaked out over being in Death Valley, if they don't give up a quick two or three touchdown to, to Clemson and fall behind in a hole, and then they have then Clemson dictates what South Carolina does offensively. I think they're going to be right in there, and I think they'll pull the upset. Now, if Clemson comes out and is clicking, if Uyangalale is hitting some passes and able to run the football, if they're able to break Will Shipley free on a bunch of runs, if South Carolina's defensive front is not able to handle Clemson's defensive front and linebacker pressure that's coming in and they're able to get to Rattler and make him uncomfortable and force him into mistakes, and if Clemson does not allow South Carolina to have success in the fake game and the special teams, then I think Clemson will end up winning. But I'm, I'm laying it on the Gamecocks this time. I've picked Clemson. I don't know how many years in a row. It's time to pick the Gamecocks. 
I think this is probably their best chance here during the streak. 31-28, they win it at the end. Okay, I've said it. That's that. What do you got, Chris? Well, Clemson fans obviously don't want to hear this, Phil, but in terms of the health of the rivalry and all the stuff you just laid out about how dominant Clemson has been, and the reason that our rivalry here in South Carolina does not get the national acclaim it deserves, I mean, it is be-all, end-all within the border of our state, but the problem is it is so lopsided on one side of the coin that most folks don't look at it as a big, big deal. And I think that's part of the reason we don't get, say, the, the play that Auburn-Alabama does. Let's face it, going into this weekend, which game do you think is probably going to be more competitive? I would think it's Carolina-Clemson long before it's going to be Alabama-Auburn. Mm -hmm. But with all of that being said, this is a, a show-me game for the Gamecocks, much like last week was. And I think that the reason that Clemson has been so good in these games and Clemson has been so good in all their games over the last decade with Dabo Sweeney, they go into contests like this expecting to win. South Carolina, I think, when they have faced Clemson over the last several years, they hope to win. That's a huge, huge difference. And to me, it boils down to how does Brandon Streeter run that offense? If he thinks he can get cute and wants to throw it around and maybe match Spencer Rattler and show off that DJ Uyangale is just as good a quarterback as, as what Spencer Rattler threw out there against Tennessee last week, I think that is a major mistake. South Carolina is 110th nationally against the run. Clemson's got the best stable of running backs, I think, in the ACC. They need to put those guys on display, grind the game down. They don't have to win 48-10. to 10. They don't have to blow South Carolina off the field. They don't control their own destiny to get into the college football playoff. So blowout wins this week and next week against North Carolina not going to improve their lot in life at all. They've got to have help in front of them. So just go out, take care of business, do what you do well, and that's run the football. And I think that's what they'll ultimately do. And I think Clemson probably wins somewhere in the neighborhood of 31 to 17. Mm, all right. Right on the number. Who do you think has the better quarterback in the game? I mean, if you looked at what Rattler did last week and what Uyunglele has been doing, which quarterback can line it up? Well, can I take the Spencer Rattler versus Tennessee only? Because yeah, that's if that's the got, case, there's you, yeah, there's no question it's Spencer you Rattler. you got to go by what you just saw yeah. last week. There's, there's no question it's Spencer Rattler. And, and the passing offense for South Carolina much better than what Uyunglele and the Clemson passing offense has done. Yeah. But, but that's my point. That should not be on display tomorrow if you're the Tigers. Just get behind that offensive line, go run the football, let Will Shipley and Phil Maffa, Maffa take you to your eighth win in the series and go get ready for North Carolina next week. And you can almost run the same game plan against the Tar Heels next week that you run this week against the Gamecocks. Yeah, Tar Heels are losing at home to NC State, which is playing its fourth-string quarterback, though they did use Jack Chambers on their opening drive, the former Charleston Southern quarterback. They used him as a running quarterback to score on their opening drive. And North Carolina is trailing NC State 17 to 10, 10:37 to go in the fourth quarter. Missouri is leading Arkansas 29-27 with 9:15 to play in the ball game. I cannot believe that Arkansas might only what? finish six and six this season <laughs> after what I saw in Week Two out there. They look like a million bucks, and now they look like. Uh, trash i mean they've just had now they've had some injuries at quarterback but gosh they have gone down and if missouri wins they become bowl eligible and they'll mm -hmm. be six and six you've got arizona leading arizona state 38 35 829 to go in the fourth nebraska is leading iowa 24 to 7 
and that's toward the end of the third quarter. Reports that Matt Rule is, like, strongly interested in that Nebraska job, may be the guy that they're going to hire. Then I had someone point out to me today that they had heard, or maybe they're guessing or whatever, but Rule and um, Satterfield at South Carolina are very close, and this person said he could see Marcus Satterfield perhaps joining Rule at Nebraska if that happens. Um, California leading UCLA 21-17 at the half. Texas beat Baylor 38-27. And Tulane rallied to beat Cincinnati 27-24. So I think those two teams turn around and play for that league championship next week. I think Central Florida may be in the mix, too, uh, in the Atlantic. I'd have to do uh, the uh, the American, rather. I'd have to double check. And if I'm not mistaken, that is Tulane's first ever win against an AP Top 25 team. I think yeah. I heard that stat correct that they were like 0-62 all time. What a job that guy, whoever Yeah, there's no question. He's your national coach of the year. 9-2 and two at Tulane. A Boise State finishing 9-3 regular season beat Utah State 42-23. Tonight, Florida and Florida State play in Tallahassee. Uh, basketball this afternoon, South Carolina defeats Upstate after trailing at the half. The Gamecocks much better in the second half, and they beat Upstate by a final of 68-53. to The Gamecocks were down three at the half, outscored Upstate by 18 in the second half. Gamecocks were led by G.G. Jackson with 22 points. He also had six rebounds. Uh, Hayden Brown had 15 points, and Jacoby Wright had 10 for the Gamecocks, the three that were in double figures. And they were playing shorthanded Hayden. too, Phil. They were missing two of their point guards, Amici Johnston and also Chico Carter, unavailable. And Bozeman's Verdonk may have been the reason that they were able to uh, pull away in the second half. Huge second half for them. Had eight points, matching a career high. Also had seven rebounds and four assists. They played very well for the Gamecocks off the bench. All right, and Ganey was the leading scorer. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Langlace was the leading scorer for Upstate with 14, and Ganey had the 13. So the Gamecocks get back on the winning track after going winless in uh, Charleston in that classic last week. Uh, they win it over Upstate 68-53. Uh, Pat, are you ready to give your pick for tomorrow, or you want to hold that for a little bit later in the program? No, and I actually agree with almost everything that Chris said. Uh, I'm also curious for both teams, I think most fans out there are, is, is which team or which version of which team will show up and play better tomorrow, and also which quarterback will show up. Will we see the DJ that struggled in back-to-back games and was benched, or will we see the good DJ that has popped up early in the season in the last couple games? Will Clemson be able to figure out their fumbling problem, or will they continue to put the ball on the ground tomorrow? And the weather now clearing up. Initially, earlier in the week, it looked like there was a a near-guaranteed chance of rain and heavy wind. It looks like that now is, is being forecasted for Sunday instead of tomorrow. So that... If the weather had stayed bad, you would think would favor Clemson in that running game. But now that it seems to be clearer skies, that may actually favor Spencer Rattler in this offense if we see the same version from last week. Uh, But another stat I'd like to add there is South Carolina has allowed 200-plus yards rushing 47 times in 110 games. Clemson has accounted for six of those in seven opportunities over that stretch. Clemson's defense on the other side has allowed just 11 200-yard rushing games and 123 games over that same period. I think it may end up coming down to the health of of your two 
running backs Beal Smith and Marshawn Lloyd for South Carolina and whether they're able to establish any sort of a ground game. If they're not, I think Wes Goodwin is going to have his front four pin their ears back and bring pressure on Spencer Rattler all day long. And I think he's going to be on his backside a lot. And if that's the case, if South Carolina cannot get that running game established, then I think we'll see Clemson pull away. Uh, 27-13 Clemson is, is what I'm predicting. I do foresee it being kind of a slow start, but then Clemson starting to pull away in the second half. And again, so they will. I, I am actually going to take South Carolina because uh, the 14 and a half points was the spread, but I do yeah. think Clemson wins by 14. Okay. And Bill, let me slide in one thing real quick, too. The one equalizer that South Carolina has over Clemson is that point you brought up at the end. The reason you believe the Gamecocks win is a field goal by Mitch Jeter. Special teams at South Carolina has got to be special tomorrow. They've got to make a play or two, whether it's a fake punt, fake field goal, block punt, something to get their offense and that team some juice. They've got to find a way to utilize that special teams unit, which has been terrific this season. It's got to be special tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that could be a uh, a difference maker if you have mm-hmm. something happen. Agreed. And I also believe, too, you're going to see South Carolina go for it on fourth down uh, quite a bit. I think you're going to see Shane Beamer just say the heck with it. We're going to be aggressive. I think his mindset's going to be like it was against Tennessee. As he said afterwards, the mindset was – uh, play aggressive, uh, call plays aggressive, uh, make decisions aggressive. I think they'll do the same thing against Clemson and see how it rolls, you know. And I think they'll be in a better mindset. He said this week one of the mistakes he made last year was after they beat Auburn the week before this game, they never kind of let that game go, and they weren't really right for Clemson. They didn't handle that Auburn win. That was a obviously a big win for them. I know Auburn was – you know, struggling a bit, but still for South Carolina at that stage, beating a named team like Auburn after beating Florida, they were kind of up in the up in the clouds. They never really, according to Beamer, never really came down and, and got ready for Clemson the right way. Um, I think that they're going to be much more focused. Satterfield said this week in practice that Rattler was 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 zoned in like he was last week. He had hit what he say at a practice. Had thrown 60 to 65 passes with only one ball hitting the ground, and that was a drop. So a focused, sharp Spencer Rattler. And I give South Carolina the overall edge in the receiving core against Clemson. Well, they're not playing Clemson receivers, but, I mean, I think as a group, they showed out last week. If those receivers catch everything like they did last week, everything thrown at them, South Carolina will move the football. Uh, they're going to have to give Rattler time. They did give him good protection against Tennessee. They formed some good pockets against Tennessee. Can they do the same? How much is Wes Goodwin going to shoot the linebackers? How much is he going to bring pressure? If that's the case, we'll see how South Carolina corresponds. If they can't block it, then it'll be a long day for South Carolina. I'm just going on the hunch that coming off the, uh, the Tennessee game, I think, revealed more of what this South Carolina team I think really is versus say what we saw against Florida where they just totally blanked out. Uh, If they blank out against Clemson tomorrow, it'll be over by midway in the second quarter and we'll know, but I don't expect that to happen. I really don't. I think they're going to, I think South Carolina is going to come to play. I think they got that kind of confidence and I know Clemson is going to come to play, but here's the difference. You know what to expect from Clemson. You kind of know what they're going to do. You kind of know how they're going to approach the game. You do not know what to expect from South Carolina, right? 
are you going to see the Tennessee Gamecocks or are you going to see the Florida Gamecocks, Chris? I mean, that's the big question mark going in. My point about Clemson going into this game for years, knowing they were going to win, expecting to win, and South Carolina hoping to win. When that mindset changes, and maybe it changes tomorrow, Phil, not from Clemson's perspective, but when South Carolina's mindset, when they actually believe going in, we're not going to play them competitively. We're going to beat them. We're going to win this game. Just like I'm sure they felt that way against Tennessee. Nobody else would have believed them, but they sure did it. And that's the mindset they've got to have tomorrow to make this fun. And like I said earlier, from the health of the rivalry, USC needs to win tomorrow. They, re- they really do. It's, it's time. You need to start seeing this shift back the other way just so it's fun for those of us who do what we do every year to come in and not expect one team or the other to be more dominant than the other team. Yeah. Well, obviously Gamecock fan. I'm sorry, Clemson fans say to hell with the health of the I, rivalry. I understand. I they, understand. They want the rivalry to remain sick as long as they're winning. Got to hit the break. Football filibuster coming up. Our picks, David Shelton and more. Okay, welcome back, everybody. It is Sports Talk tonight on the road. We're up in Greenville at Dave and Buster's over here off of Woodruff Road in a beautiful little shopping strip, and this is a fantastic place to come and eat and drink and play and have some good fun and watch the football games, other sporting events all weekend long. Looks like North Carolina just punched in a touchdown against NC State, but the extra point appeared to be deflected, but we have a running into the kicker. No, extra point was good, but we have a running into the kicker, it looks like. 17-17 state at North Carolina, battling it out in Chapel Hill. Yeah, right quick now, note though, about that, right yeah. before North Carolina scored, Christopher Dunn, who had not missed a field goal all season, missed a field goal that would have put them up 20 to 10 at the time yeah he became just the third division one kicker with more than 20 field goals to finish a regular season without a miss until because mm. <laughs> he had hit one earlier in the ball game but missed that one all right and so like, now uh, north carolina's tied it yeah it looks like they're going to leave the point on the board i think did they call a penalty it looked like they ran into the kicker on the extra point did they throw a flag i couldn't tell there was a flag. I'm not sure if it was for running into the kicker or offside against NC State. Either way, it's 17-17 to 17 now, and NC State's got the ball with just under eight minutes to play. All right, very good. It is time now for another edition of the uh, football filibuster, the Palmetto Bowl rivalry edition starring Governor Jim Hodges and Attorney General Alan Wilson. Good to have the two of you with us. We're at Dave & Buster, so I think we should open up a restaurant called Jim and Allen's or Allen and Jim's. What do you think? What what would you serve, Governor, if you were a restaurateur? <laughs> well, if, if you look at my record on sports talk, I would serve a dose of humility. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm not doing very well. <laughs> well, you know, you are uh, you're still leading. You're two and three last yep. week, thirty-four and twenty-six overall. General, if you were running a restaurant, what would you serve? Well, I don't know why I would I don't know what I would serve, but I'd certainly be eating humble pie right now. The governor is really taking me to task the last couple of weeks, but uh, you know, hopefully we can turn it around this week. Yeah, or maybe you would say you'd be eating some crow, as the case may be. 
No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you, sir, last week, you were 2-3 and three as well, 28-32. and 32. I think the Gamecocks bit both of you because you didn't believe they could do it against Tennessee. Neither of you, as I recall, thought the Gamecocks would take down the Vols the way they did. I, no, I did. I, well, I took the points. I certainly don't didn't think they were going to win, but I yeah. thought the points were too many. But uh, nevertheless, both of us thought they were going to lose, and we were both pleasantly surprised. I bet. I well, bet there and, was... and Bill, Bill, I have to say that um, I, I thought that it was going to be a blowout, and so therefore I was right. There was a blowout. So <laughs> I should get some... <laughs> That's right, just on the other side. Okay, well, let's get to it. We got five for you. And against the spread, and uh, General will let you go first. You're down by six games here. Now, we still have the championship picks next week, and then we'll have our bowl picks in December. There's still time. I always say this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's all about strategy and when to make your move. But you're down six games to the governor. If you're going to grab the Corn Cup, you need to start to, uh, to heat up here in late November. So, you got Michigan at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favored by seven and a half. I'm going to go with the home team on this one, so give me the Buckeyes. Buckeyes, you got them. Governor? I'm going to take Michigan. I think that's too many points for a rivalry game like this, and Michigan's impressed me. So I, I, I think Ohio State will win, but it'll be closer than that. Okay, yeah. I tend to lean with you on that one. Governor, let's go to tonight's game in Tallahassee. Florida State red hot all of a sudden. Back in the rankings, maybe starting to to show a little bit of their past and looking ahead to their future, and they're favored by ten and a half over the Gators. The Gators are like the Gamecocks. You don't know what you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get much good tonight from the Gators. I think uh, Florida State's going to spank them pretty good, so I'll take Florida State. Uh, General? I- I'm with the governor. Um, Florida State, clearly. Seminoles for both of you. Let's go to... The Iron Bowl, Auburn getting 22 at Alabama. And I don't know if Lane Kiffin's going to be the coach or not. The TV reporter down in Mississippi who reported it last week said it would happen today. It hasn't happened yet. Lane Kiffin has tried to deny it every which way he can. So I guess it hasn't happened yet. Alabama favored by 22. General, you say what? I don't know. This one I struggled with. Um, that, that's a large spread, but I'm going to go with Alabama. I think they can cover it. Alabama. Okay. Two-loss Alabama against a multi-loss Auburn. Governor? I'm going to go with Auburn. I just think it's too many points, and Alabama has been a little shaky this year. And it's a rivalry game, last game for Cadillac Williams. Isn't he the one coaching them now? Yeah. Um, at Auburn. So, I, I think they'll keep it under 22. So, I'll take Auburn. All right. I think Alabama's going to roll it, and I think their defense is going to clamp down on Auburn. Auburn's not going to have a chance to breathe. We go to uh, Governor Coastal Carolina at James Madison. I misread this earlier and thought the shots were the favorites, but they're not. They are 14-point underdogs. I guess Vegas concerned about the Coastal quarterback situation, and I know not having Grayson McCall is not good, but the – the other two guys who, who are playing quarterback for Coastal doing a pretty good job, and they're getting 14. What do you think? I'm with you. I just I, I think that's too many points. I'm, I'm going to take Coastal on this one. I don't, I don't know that they'll win, but I think they'll keep it to a touchdown. All right, General? Too many points. Give me Coastal. 
Coastal. Very good. So you're only differing on Michigan and Ohio State at this point, taking us to our final selection for this week. Gamecocks at Tigers. Tigers favored by 14 and a half, looking to go eight straight against the Gamecocks. I think that uh, some people in our audience weren't born the game the last time the Gamecocks beat the Tigers. That'd be children, but that means they weren't born uh, eight years ago. Uh, General, you say what, sir? Two weeks ago, I bet bet on the Gamecocks and I lost. Last week, I bet against the Gamecocks and I lost. <laughs> So surely I can't go three and zero here, um, or zero and three. I'm gonna. I'm, they pull me back in, Phil. They pull me back in. Um, I, I do feel like it's an uphill battle, but I think they can make this an interesting game. So give me the Gamecocks on the points. Gamecocks taking the fourteen and a half. What about straight up? What about straight up? I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Just too soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I bet your governor's gonna take them straight up. What do you say, Governor? <laughs> I'm not that bold, I, uh, but I'm with the general on this. I, the Vegas, the line's been tightening up during the week on this, and they, they know something. And I do think Carolina um, can keep it within, what, 14 or 14 and a half. So, so I'm going to take the Gamecocks to cover. I don't think they'll win, but, I mean, I'll take the Gamecocks on the points. Yeah. I don't think that they'll win, but I think they'll make it competitive, which is a, a big improvement over where we've been the last four or five years. All right, very good. Time for amendments. So you got a lot to work with here, General, if you want, because you only disagree on Michigan and Ohio State. So you got uh, you both take the Gamecocks. Oh, I take that back. You disagreed on Auburn, Alabama, so you got three to choose from. You both took the Gamecocks, Coastal, and Florida State. Any amendments, General, that you would like to make? No, I think I'm going to hold. You're going to hold. Uh, Governor, any change, Coastal? or Florida State, or Gamecocks? No, I, I think this is going to be a weekend of some real tight games in these rivalries, which will be great. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick. You're going to stick. Fellas, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Did you eat a lot of turkey, Governor? I'm in New York visiting my son. My family, we're all up here visiting my son and, and uh, a couple of nieces. So we had a great Thanksgiving. We ate over at uh, my niece's house yesterday, and, Heading home tomorrow. I'll get home probably for the second half of the game. Nice. You're going to fly right over. Well, you'll. Well, you won't fly over Death Valley, but you'll fly over Williams Bryce, an empty Williams Bryce. Uh, General, did you eat a ton yesterday? Uh, yeah. Needless to say, that wasn't a good weekend for calories at the Wilson House. We we ate. We had a great <laughs> Thanksgiving with our family, and then spent the rest of the day putting up Christmas. So it's been a good week here. Well, that is fantastic. We thank both of you once again for being with us. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend, and we will talk to you next week for championship weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Governor Hodges, Attorney General Wilson, and they're both taking the Gamecocks and the points, Coastal and the points. Uh, They're both taking Florida State, laying the points. And – Governor is taking Auburn, and those 22, those look awfully big to him. I don't think that's enough. I think Alabama's going to crush Auburn. Michigan, I think you'll Ohio be surprised State. with Auburn tomorrow. I think they really? come out and play hard for Cadillac Williams because I, I wonder if the players don't want him to get that job full-time. Yeah, they probably do. They're, he's not, but they probably, they right, probably yeah. want him to. And then Michigan, Ohio State, I, I think that game's going to be so close. I'll take Michigan, get – Give me yeah. the points there. I'll take Michigan in the seven and a half. Really good defense Michigan has. 
Uh, and let's see, uh, as far as the Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge, um, let me touch on that very quickly, and then we're going to get to uh, our man David Shelton after the break. So as we go into uh, Rivalry Weekend, it's still Smitty leading the way. A three-and-two week for him leaves him at 39-21. and 21. Okay, so he's got a pretty healthy lead. My goodness, he's routing us. Next would be the Big Kahuna, Bobby Harton. He was 2-3 and three last week, 32-28. and 28. And next would be a friend, the money coach Halloran, a 1-4 week, but he is a 30 and 30, so he's sitting right there at 500. Then comes the folks sitting with 29 wins. Uh, gentleman Jim Corbett, who was 2-3 last week, and I was 2-3 last week, and I've got 29 and 31 like Jim. Then your 28s, uh, Chris, a 1-4 week for you. You're 28 and 32. Pat, you were 3-2 last week. You're 28 and 32. Kev Cohen was 1-4. 28 and 32 and the bad boy Alan Smothers one and four last week 28 and 32 and then that takes us to a Teddy Hefner 0 and five last week Teddy Ouch. with the collar 0 and five drops him to 25 and 35 he's tied with Dr. Rick that's appropriate one and four and Derrick 25 and 35 and then that finally takes us to the cellar dweller. Once again, is Pete Yannity, also an 0-5 week for Mr. Yannitator, uh, 23-37 and 37 for Pete. For Pete's sake, Pete, what are you doing? Okay. As and by the way, as, Phil, uh, one, one quick thing I wanted to point out. You mentioned this earlier in the show. They are actually opening the parking lots at Clemson tomorrow at 6 a.m. So oh, you can just drive on over there. Yeah, as soon as you get done with the broadcast tonight, just go on over there and hang out. That sounds like a plan for me because I plan <laughs> on getting there. I plan on getting there as early as possible. So it's 6 yeah, a.m. when the parking lots open up. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. 6 a.m. Right, appreciate you sharing that. So as far as our picks for this week, uh, I told you my pick, South Carolina. I've got Gamecocks, Coastal, Alabama, and Florida, and uh, I took North Carolina laying the six and a half. Uh, that doesn't look great right now. Uh, Chris, you're taking the Tigers, Coastal. You're taking Auburn. You're taking Florida State, and you took NC State. Uh, let's see. Pats, Pat, 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 you took uh, Clemson. You took James Madison. You're taking Alabama. You're taking no, Florida. No, 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 no. You have these all backwards. I had uh, – <laughs> I, I, you're reading everyone. I had oh. USC. I had okay. Coastal, Auburn, Florida State, and North Carolina. I got you. Those and while we're at it, I, I actually, I'd, I'd appreciate you leaving it alone, but I actually, in fairness, did send a change. I, I did actually pick North Carolina, too. So, yeah, that was a mistake. I should have left NC State alone. <laughs> so, so which one should I count on your list? You count the North Carolina one. That's the one I sent last. So, I'll, oh, I'll be honorable so here. So, you did, you did not change it to North Carolina State? No, I, I started with NC State and changed to, and I wanted to change to North Carolina. Okay, well, I've made that change for you then, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate I'm that. that way. Yeah. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Cohen is taking the Gamecocks, Coastal, Auburn, Florida State, North Carolina. Uh, Big Kahuna is taking the Gamecocks, Coastal, Alabama, Florida, and North Carolina. Fran's got the Gamecocks. A lot of people taking the Gamecocks and the, and the points. James Madison, Alabama, Florida, and NC State. Teddy's got the Tigers, Coastal, Bama, Florida State, Tar Heels, Smothers with the Tigers, Coastal, Alabama, Florida, and NC State. Pete's got the Gamecocks, Coastal, Alabama, Florida State, and North Carolina. 
and Jim is rolling with the Gamecocks, Coastal, Auburn, Florida State, and North Carolina. Let's hit our break. On the other side, David Shelton will join us. We'll take David to the top of the hour. We'll talk about the high school playoffs tonight. We're into the upper and lower state finals. Only, what, 20 teams left playing high school football in South Carolina tonight. And then we'll be set for the state championship games coming up next week. David Shelton coming up after the break here on Sports Talk tonight from Dave and Buster's in Greenville. Back in a moment. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar, South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at scattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive. Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? <laughs> right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
Okay, it is a big night in high school football across the state of South Carolina tonight. Upper and lower state finals, state semifinals, however you want to address them. Let's welcome in David Shelton of the Charleston Post and Courier, the high school sports report, who is no doubt going to be on the scene, I'm just guessing here, for that Somerville-Fort Dorchester game. And I, Am I correct? Yeah, you are correct. And tell Pat never play that buffer music when I'm coming on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that'd get under your skin. I knew it. Oh boy. Yeah. Hey, you I, know, I almost I almost fell out of the press box. There you go. You know, it's a night where you could go to any of these games and see a great one. The matchups are fantastic, and you're going to have one of them. You got two bitter rivals going at it: Somerville, Fort Dorchester. What do you see? Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a really interesting game. You know, there's so much uh, crossover between the two programs, uh, coaching staff, players. Uh, it's the 30th year they played. Um, kind of Fort kind of dominated the series lately, but uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be a very good game. Uh, the first game was a 17 point win for Fort. They played back uh, last part of October, but but they had two pick sixes. So. You take away the pick sixes, and uh, that's a three-point game. So that's kind of what I'm expecting tonight. How about the upstate, Dutch Fork and Gaffney? And uh, these two teams played earlier in the year. What do, what do you think, another another tight one between them? No, they, they didn't play each other. Fort Dorchester and Gaffney played each other. Um, okay. But uh, Gaffney played Fort Dorchester in the state championship game last year. And, and beat them. But, uh, yeah, I expect a close game. I really like Ford. I mean, I really like Dutch Fork in this game. I think they're as healthy as they've been all year. Uh, I think they can do some things offensively. But it'll be a very tight game. It'll be well contested. But Gaffney, again, has to stay close because if, if Dutch Fork gets out in front, uh, they are front runners. All right, let's go to 4A. You've got Northwestern not far from me playing Greenville at Serene Stadium. Huge game for the city of Greenville and Greenville High. I, I imagine the board operator going to be very busy. Should be a lot of points in this one? Yeah, I would think so. And uh, Unless there's some turnovers or something, I think both teams are going to have, you know, sort of have their way offensively. This may come down to one of those who has the ball last kind of deal. In Columbia, South Florence and A.C. Floor, the passing of Lenore Sellers, the running of that A.C. Floor team, and running back with 2,500 yards. Who's going to win out here, you think? Yeah, it's going to be another one that could be the last one to have the ball kind of deal. There'll be some points scored. I think, you know, both teams are very good defensively, and I don't think they get a lot of credit for that because they score so many points. But, um, you know, I, I think Florida can win this, but I could see, see a situation where, where South Florence could win this. Okay, that's nailing it down for us. How about in 3A, we got Powdersville, a relative newcomer, a newcomer against a program that's won a bunch of championships historically, but uh, you know is is now kind of in a new era and playing great football. Clinton and Powdersville. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I think both teams run the ball very well. Uh, Powdersville has an edge in the passing game. Clinton has an edge a little bit on the defense. Um, you know, I, I think Clinton's going to win. I've been picking Clinton all year uh, as the team I thought could win the upper state, so I'm not going to change now, but I think it'll be very competitive. All right, lower state, you got Buford going to Dillon. Tough, tough assignment to go to Dillon and win, but certainly Buford is talented enough. They've not lost a game since they lost to Fort Dorchester in, in week one. 
So uh, they're pretty good. But Dylan is coming off a big win over Camden. They're going to be at home. Been a while since they've been in the finals. I, I think Dylan's going to win the game. All right, we got Saluda going to Abbeville in Upper State two-way. Great matchup here. Yeah, really good matchup. You know, Saluda ruined Abbeville's five-year run at, at a fifth state title a couple years ago. So Abbeville's going to going to want some a little bit of revenge. But uh, Saluda has been really good in the playoffs. Abbeville's been really good all year. Uh, a couple of losses, but uh, you know they lost to a Powdersville team. They lost to Westside. I think Abbeville's going to win it at home tonight. Lower State, Andrew Jackson home to Oceanside, and uh, A.J.'s kind of – is this a team that's kind of come from nowhere to, to reach the, the finals in the Lower State? Well, I mean, they were 0-2 to start the season, and, a lot, you know, nobody was even thinking about A.J. getting this far, but they've won 11 in a row. Uh, they can run the football. They play good defense. They're going to be a big crowd there. It's going to be a tall challenge. I think Oceanside's a better team. But, you know, I also thought Barnwell was better, and, uh, and they hammered Barnwell last week. All right, give me your winners in 1A. We got St. Joseph's at Christ Church. That's a neighborhood battle in the upstate, and Cross and Johnsonville in the lower state. I think I think I'm going to take Christ Church in the upper state, and in that lower state game, man, I don't know. They're two very evenly matched teams. I would say, you know, Johnsonville being the home team and being undefeated, they're probably going to win. But I think Cross has got a great shot. David, enjoy your game tonight. You're going to see a whale of a contest, I'm sure. Look forward to having you with us for the high school scoreboard at 10.05. We'll break it all down many, many times later tonight. Thanks for joining us. All right, man. Take care. Take care. David Shelton with us here on our Founders Federal Football Friday night coverage here from Greenville. He'll join us for the scoreboard later, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Better, 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 better. Okay, that's fine. Welcome back, everybody. It is Sports Talk on this Founders Federal Football Friday night as we're coming to you from Dave and Buster's in Greenville. Having a blast here. A lot of folks here having dinner and hanging out at the bar and playing over in the arcade. And going to take a moment here to visit with one of the managers here at Dave and Buster's in Greenville. Ryan has come by. Hey, how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Just, uh... Hanging out with some of these people. We got some big games coming on today. We got Florida, Florida State about to come on. Nice little Black Friday crowd that we got uh, going on tonight. Just want to have a great end of the evening. Absolutely. Um, tell people about the concept of Dave and Buster's if they're not familiar with it. Uh, to me, it's sort of an all-encompassing sort of arrangement right. here for a family or for a couple or for single people. Well, it's really whatever you want to make it i mean if you want to come up here with uh with yourself and a couple of guys uh watch a football game you can do that if the ladies want to come out here and have a little bachelorette party uh you can do that if you want to come here with the family uh that's 100 percent something that you can do it's really all encompassing we have a full full bar full restaurant and an arcade entertainment area um it's really something for everything 
something for everyone. So, mm -hmm. and even too, like if uh, you want to watch a UFC pay-per-view, um, we're here for that too. We also have wrestling, um, all those things, all the sporting events. We got the World Cup is the big one we got going on right now. We've had a few people coming in for that, and you know, it's just a great place. Like uh, like myself, you know, I have a family, I have kids. I can come here and sit down and watch watch a little bit of the game, and I can uh, my kids can play games while I'm doing that, and kind of fun for everybody all in w one place. Yeah, I mean you can safely send them over to the arcade while absolutely. you and the missus are sitting over here having dinner or something. Yeah, absolutely, and you'll you'll see, and you can probably see that tonight if you look out in the dining room. We can definitely see uh, some moms and dads sitting at the table with um, some kids out in the game area, kind of give themselves a moment to kind of have a little date almost, you know. That's fantastic. We're sitting here, and we got games. You got televisions. About how many televisions do you have around here? We have exactly 35. And for those uh, for those people that have come here before, um, what they may not know is that over the last year, we've added about 12 TVs that we didn't have. Um, so we, we had about 20 TVs, and then we added one or two more, and then we had the opportunity to, to add a bunch at one time. Now, I, I just don't think that there's anybody that can, can – uh, that really have the kind of viewing space that we have now. I mean, there's really not a bad seat in the house. Uh, you know, uh, now you can sit anywhere you want. We have our pillars now have TVs on them. Uh, all of our dining room walls now have TVs all the way across them. The bar always had the TVs. Uh, so there's really not a bad seat in the house now, especially, yeah. especially for like a, like a pay-per-view event and everything like that if you need a big group for that. Yeah, I was going to say I was in Myrtle Beach last week, and uh, the Packers, I'm a Packers fan, the Packers game was on the Amazon Right, stream, mm -hmm. which I don't subscribe to, and so it's great to go. And I know you've got that. You bring mm -hmm. up all the NFL games. You mentioned the other pay-per-view stuff. So if there's something, if there's something big on television, and you want to go, a uh, great place to eat and watch the game on a big screen television. This would be the place. Yeah, absolutely. David Buster does a pretty good job of getting us those. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it partnerships, but getting those uh, those things that we need. Because some people don't have Amazon Prime, so all the Thursday night games are now on Amazon Prime. But if yeah. you don't have that, you can come here, um, especially, too, with the pay-per-view. Some of those are on some some weird networking. We've been able to uh, to have all those things taken care of with our DirecTV. Your menu, I just want to touch on that very quickly because when I was in Myrtle Beach, and I'm sure it's the same menu throughout your stores in South Carolina, I mean, I had the ribeye steak. I happen to be a big fan of mm -hmm. that, but I noticed the hamburgers and the other things on your your wings and everything else. I mean, you kind of cover, uh, cover the, the the entire family wish list, I guess you could right. say, when a family comes in. Yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of what our brand kind of tries to do with everything. There's something for everyone. You can come here, watch a game while your kids play games. If you want to eat off the menu, I mean, I know myself. If I go out. As long as the place has got chicken fingers, I know that my kids got something to eat. Yeah. So uh, no matter where we're going, you know, so Dave & Buster's tries to do that too as well. Something for everybody. If you're looking for a pasta, if you're looking for a burger, if you're looking for wings, uh, we have that. And if you're looking for a, an appetizer like nachos or a giant pretzel, we have that. And then as far as the kid menu goes, we got just plain butter noodles and we got chicken and french fries, you know, the, some, the basics. So yeah. kind of covers everything. And that also for with our bar menu, we have exotic cocktails and we have beers True. so if you want to if you're a beer and a shot guy we got we got you covered and if you want a tasty cocktail we got you covered as well and uh tomorrow south carolina clemson yeah 12 o'clock gonna be gonna be rocking in yeah, here yeah that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big one for us um especially after the way that south carolina played last week against uh, tennessee with all the aspirations that tennessee had and to see what south carolina did to them um it's definitely going to be all eyes on that game tomorrow any final thoughts from you about uh, 
the weekend here at Dave and Buster's and folks coming on down and enjoying themselves. You got the location here in Greenville. Right. And we got the location at Celebrity Square over in Myrtle Beach. And you mm -hmm. got the Harbison location in Columbia. Columbia. And they're all these beautiful, huge facilities, right? They're, I can tell they're all the same. They're all set up the same. So um, you can go and eat and have some fun, relax, watch games, and, and, and let the kids go in the arcade and play and have a good time at any of the three. Absolutely. Tomorrow will probably be pretty rocking for us in Columbia with us being a few minutes away from Clemson and mm -hmm. Columbia being right there in the mix with uh, South Carolina. It will probably be uh, pretty rocking for, uh, for both of our locations. And Myrtle Beach is its own, uh, its own animal. And, you know, sometimes they can be just wildly busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we thank you for coming over. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. We'll be back. We'll be doing this some more here in other locations around the state. And um, look forward to it. All right, look perfect. forward to seeing you guys again. You do a great job, and you've been great hosts for us. We really do appreciate it. All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you very much, right, Ryan. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Take care. All right, there you go. From here at the Dave & Buster's in the meantime, Chris, it looks like the Tar Heels have just knocked in a touchdown. <laughs> what a finish in Chapel Hill. They uh, threw a pass. Uh, Drake May scrambled out to his left with about eight seconds left to go in the game, threw a ball to the end zone. It was a, a bobbled catch, ruled a catch in the end zone for the uh, potential tying touchdown. They reviewed it, and huh. you could see the ball actually moved in the receiver's hands and touched the uh, ground. So they overturned the call. It was ruled incomplete, brought up fourth and goal with two seconds left. May then found another receiver in the back of the end zone for an obvious catch. And unlike a couple of years ago when North Carolina tried to go for the win against Clemson in Chapel Hill, go for two, Mike Brown kicks the extra point here, and they are going to overtime between North Carolina and NC State. Okay, very good. Let's get you reset because you're kind of, um, unless that's my receiving on my end, you were sounding a little bit choppy there. So if you can reset yourself, that'd be great. 24-24, Tar Heels and State. Uh, Missouri has beaten Arkansas. 29-27, so Arkansas finishes at 6-6, six and six, and Missouri finishes at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Arizona beats Arizona State, 38-35. Colorado State over New Mexico, 17-0. Nebraska leads Iowa, 24-17 late in the fourth quarter. UCLA on top of Cal, 27-21 early fourth quarter. Uh, Taylor uh, Baylor, <laughs> Texas has beat, try that again, Texas beat Baylor 38-27, Eastern Michigan over Central Michigan 38-19. Of course, if those two Michigans are playing, Western Michigan has to play. They beat Toledo 20-14. So all your Michigan directionals uh, played today, I guess. Is there a Southern Michigan? We got Eastern, we got Central, we got Western. We need a Northern and a, and a Southern. Uh, Tulane over Cincinnati, 27-24. Boise State over Utah State, 42-23. Coming up, Florida and Florida State. Uh, South Carolina basketball beat Upstate, 68-53. And Clemson tonight in basketball down in Niceville, Florida, taking on Iowa. They're just underway in this event down in Florida, the Emerald Coast Classic. Uh, and they're just tipping off. Iowa has the early 4-3 lead on the Tigers and want to see if we have uh, a P.J. Hall in the starting lineup for Clemson. We do not. Uh, Hunter and Tyson, two different people, even though it's one name for one person, but that's two different people. There's Hunter, last name. There's Tyson, last name. Middlebrooks, Galloway, and Hemingway 
your starters tonight for uh, Clemson. Uh, Pat, am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. You've, you've got you've got it all covered. And, yeah, it looks like we've got a great finish on our hands in that NC State-North Carolina game. And for, for those of us that picked North Carolina, still have a chance. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Now, if you're Chris, which so you ended up – see, I'm trying – I'm not going to count that as one of my mistakes tonight. So, I think I've made two mistakes tonight. I had the gate wrong, the gates opening, the parking. I, I was thinking media parking begins at 9, but right. but fan parking begins at 6 is what Correct. you were saying at Clemson. Okay, so I got that wrong. Uh, and I got um, Gaffney and uh, uh, Dutch Fork having played in the regular season. I don't know why I was thinking that. Had them confused with Fort Dorchester. So I got that wrong, and uh, and I messed up our streaming feed at the very beginning of the show because I forgot to push a mute button. So that's that's a physical error, not a mental error. So two mental errors, one physical error. And I'm not counting your switch of North Carolina State. <laughs> I still don't know who you picked. I so, picked, like I said, I, I initially picked NC State, but yeah. I was at the urgent care this morning because I've had a cold <laughs> for what seems like an interminable amount of time. Yeah. And so I finally decided I'm done with this. So yeah. I was over there for about two and a half hours this morning to find out, really, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, all my tests came back negative. So I did get some cold medicine. And probably as I was typing that, I was half confused because I was tired of sitting there. I initially put NC State down on my sheet to you. I sent it back corrected, but I think probably what you saw in the uh, headline was what confused you. I, I yeah. picked North Carolina. So on the record, I picked North Carolina before this game. Okay. I wished I hadn't, but, you know, maybe they'll pull it out here at the end. Well, if they win, well, let's see now. Um, they're in overtime. They would have so to score first, and they, they have the ball. The, yeah, they have to score first because they were fa- – how many points were they giving up? I think up? they were six. Six and, and a half. We had? Yeah. Yeah. We had him giving up. Let me check here. Uh, six and a half. So, yeah, you need the Tar Heels to score first and kick the extra point and then stop the Wolfpack Correct. for, Correct. Uh, for North Carolina winning. Okay. Uh, let's go to um, – uh, we got Gamecock Larry standing by, so let's let him opine going into this big weekend, see what is on his mind, and then we'll hit the break and we'll do recruiting after that. Larry, welcome into Sports Talk. Thank you, sir, Mr. Phil Patton, all of you 100.7 listeners of the Clemson fans. I ain't going to talk no trash. He's going to talk facts. We game as the game is coming up there. They're coming to play. They're coming to win. We're going to come back a winner. The game is going to show the stuff and talk about last weekend. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to put my electric climber, I'm going to unplug it and lean back as far as I go so I won't have to fall down anymore <laughs> every, time the, every time the game comes, score a touchdown. Last weekend, I fell down nine times. Ooh. And, boy, I tell you what, I forgot. I jumped up and I just fell flat on my flat down in the floor. My grandson and my son-in-law had to pick me up, put me back in the recliner. But that didn't, every time they scored, I just jumped up again in the same, same old thing. This time, I'm going to lock it down, unplug it, go back as far as I can so I can jump up. 38-31 at least. 
And I believe we're going to get more. Mm. I believe we're going to get more. And all you Clemson fans, all you just out there talking your trash, I hear you. I even hear you Clemson Tiger fan and Mr. Field voice. I know he's pulling for the Tigers. No Tigers. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Remember, he who laughs last, laughs best, Gamecock Larry. I love all y'all, but go Gamecocks. 38-31 Gamecocks. Maybe right. 25 or 30 more. Go Gamecocks. Thank you, Larry. And please don't fall down, Larry. You don't need to be hitting the turf. <laughs> All right. Nine times. Yeah, really. I'm surprised he's able to make a phone call. Thank you, Larry. Let's hit the break here, Pat, and come back and do recruiting. And I may have another little special guest from here at um, Dave & Buster's if he can free himself up and come over and visit with us. We'll we'll save that for the end. And then we've got uh, George Bryan uh, coming up, final half hour, birdies and bogeys around South Carolina, brought to you by the good folks at Tsunami Bar. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Tar Heels and State. Um, Tar Heels kicked a field goal. They're up three. We'll be back. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the strawberry watermelon margarita or dangerous waters. Cheer on the team with cantina nachos or wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at scattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. 
Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, time to give you the recruiting report here tonight on Sports Talk. It is brought to you by our great friends at Seawells. They'll be back at it on Monday with a daily luncheon buffet. Make sure you get over there for that next week from 11 till 2. Absolutely delicious and very affordable at only $13 a plate. And for the very, very, very best in the catering business, that too would be Seawells. Give them a call at 803-771-7385. Let Seawells help make your event a memorable experience. So Clemson yesterday received a fourth receiver commitment in the 23 class. Tyler Brown from Greenville High announced that he is headed to the Tigers. He was once a Minnesota commitment, but he backed off that in mid-October. He then visited Clemson for the Syracuse and Louisville games and was offered by receivers coach Tyler Grisham. Part of an explosive offense with the Red Raiders. This season, he has 51 catches, 835 yards, 12 touchdowns. Caught 71 passes last year, 1,034 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Tigers have Myson Kelly, who can be receiver or defensive back. Ronan Hannafin, Noble Johnson as other receivers. South Florence quarterback Lenora Sellers playing in Columbia tonight. Has nothing to do with USC, of course. They're playing AC Flora in the 4A semifinals. He plans to return to Florence. No plans to go to Clemson for the Palmetto Bowl or anywhere else. He's a Syracuse commit, and he was going to go to Wake Forest last Saturday when the Orange were there, but he did not make that trip. Does not foresee making a return to Syracuse before the December 21st signing day. He took his official visit in the summer. Does remain in regular contact with Shane Beamer and quarterback's coach, Marcus Satterfield from USC. They talk quite a bit, three or four times a week. Watch the Gamecocks in Tennessee. He said he was very impressed with what they did, how much they threw the ball was something that uh, stuck with him. And um, he still has some thinking to do before he finalizes everything in December. Going into tonight's game, he had thrown for 2,548 yards and 40 touchdowns this season and rushed for 921 yards and 16 touchdowns. He and South Carolina are talking about an official visit come December. USC Wednesday offered 2023 defensive back Brock Foster, 6'1", 180 of DeVal, Texas. USC target offensive tackle Keyshawn Blackstock was offered by Cal. Running back Christopher Johnson of Fort Lauderdale visiting Clemson officially this weekend, and he's got Penn State on December the 9th. And a Clemson commitment receiver Noble Johnson coming in for his official this weekend. Also at Clemson officially this weekend, running back Jamarius Haynes, safety Khalil Barnes, and offensive tackle Spencer Fanot. Running back Jordan Louie drawing Clemson interest, and he was in last Saturday, is taking an official visit to North Carolina December 9th. 
2025 receiver Marshall Pritchett of Raven Gap, Georgia, plans to be at Clemson tomorrow. 24 offensive defensive lineman Graham Utter plans to be there. He's out of Alabama. 26 quarterback Mason Holtzclaw of Wren plans to be there. 2026 quarterback Joshua Sims of Blacksburg plans to visit Georgia Saturday. USC target 2024 defensive tackle Gerard Smith will be at Ohio State. He's a teammate of Gamecock commitment Dante Reno. 25 offensive tackle Mason Short of Evans, Georgia at Clemson last weekend going to Ohio State this weekend. USC target 2025 offensive tackle Peyton Joseph plans to be at Alabama. Clemson target 24 offensive tackle Daniel Calhoun also plans to be at Alabama on Saturday. And that is a look at recruiting. Of course, there'll be other in-state prospects, probably at Clemson, Joshua Thompson and Cam Pringle for two in the 24 class. There'll be a bunch of players from the state at Clemson tomorrow, and that'll do it for recruiting. We got Coastal Carolina, Chris, heading up to JMU tomorrow. How about some comments from Jamie Chadwell? Yeah, I met with the media on Wednesday, held his weekly press conference to size up what is an incredibly important game for them. Still have an opportunity to play to host. They're already in, but to host the Sunbelt Conference championship game with a win at JMU, who is not eligible to play in the postseason as they transition from FCS to FCS football. So here's a little of what head coach Jamie Chadwell had to say as the Chanticleers get ready to face the Dukes tomorrow. Our team's excited about the opportunity that we have coming up. Uh, obviously, we know we're... Uh, um, you know, if we can win, we got a chance to host the Sun Belt Championship game, which is a big deal for us. And uh, our guys know the importance of this game, and we know we're playing a, a really, really, really good opponent. Uh, probably from uh, all three phases, the best team that we've played this year. All three phases are really, really good. Uh, we know it's a big challenge, uh, and it's always it's it's hard to win there. They have a tremendous record there over the last uh, uh, several decades, uh, and so, but a uh, great challenge for us, but also a great opportunity. And, one that our team's looking forward to. Update on uh, Grayson. It's been a couple of weeks now. Where is he at in terms of uh, trying to rehab? <laughs> he's still rehabbing. Um, you know, he's out of his boot, which is good. Uh, but, um, you know, he's um, trying to get back as quickly as he can, but most importantly, as healthy as he can. So there's no, obviously, no shot that he's playing this week. And we'll see what happens next week if there's a chance for the uh, for the title game there. That would be uh, that Saturday before week. So that's within that time frame. But I think it all just depends on how his, how his, his, his foot's uh, reacting to all the different things that we're doing for him to try to get him ready to go. How are the uh, kids been dealing with a couple extra days of rest, or how are you guys? Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I think it was it was uh, it was good for a lot of people. You know, just from a standpoint, it's a late in the season, and uh, you know we had a tough little schedule there from the standpoint that those last three weeks there, so. Um, you know, some guys that uh, needed to get healthy, needed to get rest. That was good for that standpoint. It was good to get a couple extra days of just practicing some fundamental things and things. We let our we let our show team, our, our guys that don't travel with us. We had a big we call it the turkey boat. Normally we do it during Thanksgiving, uh, but since we um, since we didn't um, play last week, we did it last week. And okay, some comments from Coastal Coach Jamie Chadwell as they prepare to head up to JMU, and we'll be back. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee wee bit. And 
That's when my caddy lost sight of it That little white pellet has never been found to this day You know, that is a most appropriate song to play right now at this moment in time as we welcome in George Bryan III and Tsunami Robbie, another edition of Birdies and Bogeys around the state of South Carolina. But it's not necessarily appropriate to a golf swing, guys, but right as you were coming on the air, North Carolina was attempting to tie its game with NC State and the North Carolina place kicker, This is in overtime. He kicks it right down the middle between the uprights, heading between the uprights, and all of a sudden it hooked to the left. So just like the song, straight down the middle until she started hooking a little bit. And, George, what do you think? Relate the kick. Okay, you're a place kicker, much to the golf swing. What is it in the kicking motion that creates a hook much like a golf swing? Well, the foot instead of the face, and you know what I learned? There's uh, I've had a little, spent a little time with these place kickers, and at least with a couple of them, they actually take its foot, ball, then ground, and there are a lot of similarities. It's pretty cool. Now that that foot, the angle of the foot, well, that's a, just exactly like the angle of that club face. The path of the foot, about the same thing. So, hey, and I love the hook, by the way. I'm, I'm not loving the fact the field goal kicker missed that field goal. <laughs> but it's from the hook you learn how to play. And that's a fact. Got to learn so, to hook it before you can learn to play. So, so in the world of golf, then, I mean, you prefer, you prefer the hook over the fade. You prefer the draw over the fade. That's better for your game. Well, and I'll just put it this way. You've got to learn to draw it before you learn to control the ball. So in the developmental process, you learn how to hook it and you can learn to play. You hit it from the inside. Just You, you know, if you take a look at what all the field goal kickers do now, they stand in there beside the football and they run in sideways and they call it soccer style. Speaking of style, we got to bring Tsunami Robbie to the team. Yep. Let's see it on the ground, Tsunami Robbie. Tsunami Robbie's got him some size now. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Come on in, Robbie. I'm in. I'm in, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, that ball game between the uh, NC State Wolfpack and North Carolina Tar Heels came right down to the very end. And, and that, that, that foot swing from the inside and, and uh, just caught it a little bit, um, I guess, with that face angle a little closed. And, it took it to the left and missed the uh, goalpost, and, and NC State comes out with the win and a nail-biter. Yeah. We've got a lot of football, a lot of golf, all kinds of stuff going this weekend, and I'm excited to be here, boys. <laughs> you sound like it. You sound like it. We're going to see a lot of that this weekend, guys, with these kickers. There's going to be a lot of tight games, and there's going to be a lot of pressure kicks. Uh, does pressure bring that on, guys, when you talk about the way he hit that ball? Is that – does that, that little breakdown in technique, you think, related to the pressure of the moment? Well, pressure is everything. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I, I can just relate to, you know, being, you know, my athletic days coming up. Uh, you know, when you're in the moment like that, uh, I'd be on the mound throwing, you know, a tight ball game and, and uh, get to the last inning and need three outs and, 
and you just you just get to a point where you don't hear anything, no crowd noise, no coaches, no players behind you. you know, and when I was young in baseball, chatter on the infield was a big thing, and um, and it was all phased out. It was a it was a three man ball game at that point. It was me, my catcher, and the umpire, and that was it. I didn't even count the batter because I was going to strike his butt out. But um, <laughs> that was. That was, uh, you know, I just need to locate my locate my pitch, and uh, and it's the same with golf. You get over that golf ball, and and you, and uh, you know, you got some people like Colin Montgomery, who's got those radar ears, and he can hear every single thing going on, and it distracts him, and, and it pulls him off his game, and he he'll back off until everything is just the way he wants it. But every player's a little bit different, and um, you know, I'm one of those guys. I just try to block it all out. Whatever's going on, I try to. I try to, but then again, I'm not a PGA Tour player, so maybe it doesn't work that way. But um, pressure is everything. That's a fact. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, the pressure, well, that brings on tension, and Tsunami Bar Sports is the sponsor of this segment. So one of the things that we know about the technology, and it was invented in the Clemson weight room, the football weight room, and one of the first things Mike Ramsey, who was our CEO, talked about was, well, the biggest thing, the biggest advantage is it will increase the athlete's feel because it doesn't, tsunami bar technology doesn't tear down the muscle fiber in the same way, and then it allows, it allows for whatever reason, tsunami, Robbie, for it to heal up a little quicker so you get your feel back faster and learn, studying that tension uh, in layers, especially, especially in layers, makes a big difference and helping these athletes negotiate pressure. Pressure causes tension. Tension's a performance inhibitor. And Tsunami, tsunami Robbie, talk just a little bit about about that Tsunami Bar technology, please, sir. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, it, I, 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 uh, you know the, the, even though it's a fairly new technology, we're only talking since 2012, 2013, when it really started to hit the market. And, uh, and we're, we, you know, it sounds like, you know, 10 years down the road, that's a long time, but it's not. It's really, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things and, and exercise and performance exercise, this is a new technology and it's really just starting to get some traction. People starting to hear it, understand it and apply it. And the tension factor, uh, when it comes to precision type sports like golf, uh, just like George mentioned, tension is a performance killer and uh, if you want to be able to exercise not have the skeletal or muscular breakdown that you get with traditional exercise so you can have that quicker recovery time be able to get out on the course the next day or even that day for, for that matter and be able to perform at a high level without trying to you know have a little hitch in your giddy up because you got a little you got a little, your shoulders are a little sore your traps are a little sore uh, your legs are a little sore. Um, the, the tsunami bar technology, uh, with that elasticity, that that forgiveness uh, of the load of the weight at certain points during the range of motion, allow you to get that strength and power gain without the muscular and skeletal abrasion that you get with other forms of exercise. And well, I got to tell you, Phil, you brought up. You brought up a, a name. You sent it over. I figure we could unwrap it right here. And you mentioned, mm -hmm. I, you, when you mentioned him, I'll bring, I'm going to bring that up. The first I need to say this. So the, the bar 
the, the technology is already in the industrial sports, football, basketball, baseball. Those folks aren't going to brag about it a lot. Part of it's, uh, it's our initiative through, your, through the program, Sports Talk, Birdies and Bogeys, to begin to introduce the technology to the general public. And I'm going to tell you, this is a fact. The bar was invented for the industrial strength football players, the uh, baseball, basketball, soccer. The biggest beneficiaries, though, are those one climbing the ladder, those getting a few miles on the tread. Hmm. And, Phil, you mentioned, you mentioned one of these elite golfers in our community getting a few miles on the tread, and I know, I know we're going to introduce it, but unwrap. You sent me a text and a, and a name and a phone number, and uh, talk to, give me the background. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. I was in Florence on Wednesday. We do a show annually at our affiliates there, our affiliate station in, in Florence, uh, community broadcasters affiliates there in Florence and other, other towns. Uh, Ken Ard and, and Alan Smothers host, and I always participate. It's a four-hour radio marathon about the USC-Clemson football game, the rivalry, the Palmetto Bowl. Anyway, Tommy Ganey, good friends with Alan Smothers, uh, comes to that from time to time, and he popped in on Wednesday looking good and sat next to me, and I really felt intimidated sitting next to a world-class golfer like Tommy Ganey. And, I mean, he is world-class and world-renowned. Two gloves, of course. What a job he's done uh, marketing himself. And he's a, he's a humble guy. Uh, but, you know, in this day and age of uh, YouTube and social media and things like that, you know, he's a guy that kind of exploded upon the golf world. But anyway, I was talking to him about the Tsunami Bar. And, you know, he's been dealing with some injuries. I think he's been dealing with um, – I think he has a, hip, uh, a a rib cage. I think he was dealing with a rib cage muscle type thing that's been bothering him. He's feeling pretty good now, and he said he's going to be back uh, competing in tournaments in January. But I said, I said Tommy, man, you need to check out this tsunami bar and and see if it might help you out in this this world class center that uh, Robbie and and George have over in in West Columbia and the golf center and everything else. And he really, I, I was I was. Of presenting a new world to him in some ways about what you guys are doing and what the tsunami bar is and you might be hearing from from him sometime in the future about coming over there and checking everything out yeah we've tommy uh by the way you're right he's extremely humble and he he's one probably the most popular pro-am player that i've that i've talked to the crowd or any of the 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 sponsors, the patrons, there's nobody more popular on the PGA Tour than Tommy Ganey. And he, he makes everybody around him in his group. They have fun, the crowd. So, uh, but Tommy's getting on up and uh, he's got a few miles on his tread. <laughs> I can assure you, I can assure you we will have the technology and we'll, we will uh, host him at our training center. We got a number of tour players that use the Tsunami Bar and we don't know exactly how their trainers are using it with them. I have some, we have ideas. Peter Costas endorses, and he has a product. Uh, I can mention, I can mention a list of names, but until I get, until I get a feel for how they're actually using it, we don't need to get too elaborate at this point. But there are Ryder Cup players on both the European and the American side that I know are using it, and it makes a difference. So it'll be fun bringing, bringing Tommy over to the Tsunami Bar Training Center. Or what the cool thing about it, we can take it to him and let him 
keep it in his truck. Tsunami Robbie, the uh, we have a that's a beautiful feature about our technology. It fits in the trunk, in the back of the truck, or in the back seat. You can train or at home in the park as I did today, and it's mobile. It is mobile, and gee, I have I have seen photographs and seen you tote the the tools around and train at any location. I mean, it is just that mobile. It, it doesn't need anything but a little bit of desire and want to, and uh, you can get some training in and effective training. Um, you know, my old way of training would be to train until I physically needed help to get out the door, and uh, that's just not the way it works in golf. We don't we don't recommend that. We don't train it that way, and uh, and I had to learn the hard way through the school of hard not hard knocks that that uh, on the golf side that's not the, that is not the way to do it, and the tsunami bar technology that flexible bar technology um, as compact as it is as mobile as it is as versatile as it is it's a no-brainer you need to have it in your bag hmm. ready to go whenever you're ready well the uh there's a football game tomorrow and you'll see it on the sidelines uh if they don't cover it up with the tent they typically you know they don't again the industrial strength teams they're not showing they're not showing each other what their secrets are. And I can assure you it's in SEC and ACC weight rooms just because I've seen it there. I'm not even sure we're allowed to talk about what ones the way we're doing right now. I can I can say, uh, well, anyway, we'll move on. I, hmm. I can tell you, what is our sport? What, give, a, give the website out, Robbie, for how folks can find it if they wanted to check it out. And I know, Phil, you said, you got another video up on the website. I didn't check it today once I got your text, but yep. look forward to Yes, yeah, tsunamibarsports.com or the, uh, is a place to see the product and uh, purchase online, of course, if uh, you desire to, to do so. But, um, you know, we've also got, got Phil Cornblute and his site. He's got full access to everything, and, and um, anybody that's on, on his website can – I'm sure, and Phil can explain it better than I can, to be able to access the website, the videos, and see it all in action and, and get some more information on it. Yeah, what we're doing, of course, uh, we cut some videos that George took uh, with his phone, his iPhone, uh, a few weeks ago when I was there. And um, we'll cut some new ones here in the in the near future once we get football behind us and have some time to go in there and do some close-ups. I don't think I look – get a little makeup on, need a little rouge. I don't think I look really good. You know, TV doesn't TV doesn't do me justice, I don't think, you know. But anyway, uh, we'll have more. But on our website, sportstalksc.com, on the right-hand column, you can see the videos or on our stories we have rotating digital ads. You can see it there when you click on a particular story. But just click on the video and you can watch the video and then click on the digital ad for Tsunami Sports, Tsunami Bar, and that will take you to the Tsunami website and then you can – Scroll through there and see all the fantastic stuff they have to offer. I think what you guys need to do too, Robbie, is invite people to come out. And I, I guess can you do this? Because I saw it. They need to see how the bar, how you guys make it back there in your plant with that. I don't know what is that heated metal and how you guys so so precisely figure this thing out lengthwise and weight wise. So it meets the specifics of what you're trying to do. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, we do everything in-house. Uh, we we, we uh, import all the parts from different parts of the country and, 
and the world for that matter, and, and then we uh, assemble everything, uh, usually by, by myself, uh, right there in house. And uh, I do, I still do all the design and uh, and and um, all the pre work of being able to get a bar to meet the specifications and the flexibility points that I want it to meet to be able to perform a certain way for a particular athlete or sport. So we go through a lot of trial and error. Uh, to be able to come up with combinations and the formulas that we do. There's a lot of physics based in, into this thing and uh, using the speed, uh, power, and uh, mass uh, format to, uh, to be able to accumulate the information that we need to come out with a, a particular bar that will work for a football player or work for a baseball player or work for a golfer. And, uh, and it seems to be working well, and uh, we've, got, uh, we've got plenty of stuff. And, yes, please, come on over. 720 Chris Drive. It's a great big manufacturing plant, but if you uh, come around, as you face the building, come around to the left side, uh, there's a two sets of double, three sets of double doors, and the middle set, the second set of double doors, is right where I'm at, and uh, I can walk you right into the Tsunami Center, and, and uh, we can get uh, get a little demonstration right on the spot if you come on over. Excellent. Speaking of, de- speaking of demos, on Tuesday night, 6 p.m., uh, December, Tuesday 6 to 7, you can get a little preview through the impact conditioning class. So this is a introduction to tsunami bar training, but also protocols that influence that critical moment in the golf swing, impact. It's called impact conditioning. Tsunami Robbie takes the, the first part of the class, and we'll call it golf-specific exercise. And then, then we uh, have a little fun with impact in our golf lab, golf lab taking the technology, the multi-47, and, and uh, make sure that we hit that critical place called impact with that and the laginator. Hey, Tsunami, Robbie Phil's giving us the uh, one minute, the one minute till, t- till, they, till we need to putt out. I want to congratulate, and we'll talk more next week, uh, the Lexington County Chronicle uh, player of the year is Lily Black. That's the uh, basically the Midlands area player of the year and Lily Reed Black is from Chapin. Uh, this is the all Lexington County team. Lily Reed Black, Mia Andre, both of those players are from Chapin. What's your Edie Edie Rainey Hardy from Gilbert. Karen Smoke from Lexington, Brooke Bird Brooke Burgess from Lexington, Caroline Gaines from River Bluff and Benet Pollard from Swansea. The coach of the year is Greg Ham from Chapin. So congratulations. We'll say that's the William Strength Garage Gym Report to close the Thanksgiving Birdies and Bogeys edition out on Sports Talk. So until next week, you all tee them high, shoot them low, and have a great weekend. Thank you, George, and thank you, Robbie. Appreciate it very much, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, George Bryan and Tsunami Robbie with us here on Sports Talk, Birdies and Bogeys. Florida State has jumped on top of Florida 7-0. And, guys, I have a a special guest here with me at Dave & Buster's, and his name is Paul. And, Paul, let me bring him up here. Uh, Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Paul works here at Dave & Buster's, and the reason he caught my attention, we were talking, 
And you, sir, are an MMA fighter? Yes, sir, a professional MMA fighter and professional bare-knuckle boxer as well. Oh, my goodness. Okay, uh, what's your record? Um, as a pro MMA fighter, because I've taken some short-notice fights, and in general, I'm 1-5, I'm in five, but I've taken short-notice fights, and I've just I've been winning and just happened to get caught in a few armbars and a few Camaros. How did you get into this? Um, I wrestled in. I, I was a wrestler in high school, and I just something I didn't want to go to waste. After I got, after I, I, grew, I started growing up and got into MMA, I didn't want it to go to waste. So I started wrestling and took a few boxing classes, and it was just something I wanted to get into. And you are from Union? Yes, sir. Union, South Carolina. Union County High. That's why I went to school at. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're a Yellow Jacket. Yes, sir. I'm a Yellow Jacket. One in five. I mean, that's not a. That's a tough record in boxing. It is. Yeah. And MMA is to say, <laughs> I mean, they say you wear your record, right? I mean, if you're one in five, you're going to look one in five. Not all the time. Okay. <laughs> Just say, me being one in five, I, to be honest, I should be, I, I should be a good four and two because I was winning three, and I got caught with an elbow that put me that put me put me down and out. Ooh. I've caught I've caught a, um I got caught in an armbar and I got also got caught in an Americana, which. And then two of them I took on short notice because I needed a fill-in, and it was just I was hurting for money. Not going to lie, I went in there and still fought hard. Where would you fight? Where do you fight? Um, I have fought in as a pro. Most of my pro fights have been in Tennessee, but I have fought, I fought in Boston twice this year, and I fought in uh, Hollywood, Florida twice last year. I, I made my bare knuckle boxing debut in Mississippi in 2020, and then I fought June 26th last year for the BKFC in – in Hollywood, Florida, which I fought in front of 10,000 people and actually ended up, ended up getting put to sleep in 17 seconds. I, ca I caught a – we both threw the same punch. It was just his landed a little sooner and I went out. Wow. <laughs> What's it like to get knocked out? I don't remember it. That's the best part about it. <laughs> I wasn't hurting when I – I didn't realize I wasn't hurting when I got in the back. So I was emotional because, you know, big stage, yeah. big goal was ahead of me and it just – we both threw the same punches. His landed a little quicker. Man, well, good luck to you. Uh, who do you like tomorrow in the uh, Clemson South Carolina game? I'm a Gamecock. Are you picking the Gamecocks? I'm picking the Gamecocks. What's your score? 21-20. Uh, 21-20. We're gonna block. We're gonna block to get their game winning PAT win. Oh my goodness! You got it figured out. I'm hoping. I'm hoping we show up like we did against Tennessee and not like we showed up against Missouri. This is true. Well, we wish you good luck. Thank you. Don't mess up that pretty face. All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming over. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. Okay, wow. Paul here at Damon, <laughs> an MMA guy, uh, and that's you know that's brutal. Poor he guy. doesn't look, but to look at Paul, ask him to see a, his ears looks... before he walks away. Ask <laughs> <laughs> to see his ears. I told him. I said, you don't look like a guy that's been chopped up in the ring, and, I, and that's why I said one in five. You know, that's not a. Unfortunately, Ooh. you don't want to be one in five in MMA, right? No. I mean, you, like well, you to don't want to be you don't want to do six fights in MMA, period. But, you know, <laughs> if you're going to go that route, yeah, you'd rather be five and one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought he was very interesting. Uh, <coughs> Iowa State has beaten North Carolina 70 to 65. How about that? Bad and, five minutes uh, in Chapel Hill. Those two games almost ended simultaneously. They ooh. lose in football and basketball at the same time. Heavy drinking, heavy drinking in Tarboro and Carboro and in Chapel Hill. Clemson is playing Iowa and uh Tigers are down at the half, 34-27. Tigers led by Hunter with seven. And Beetle has got six for the Tigers. P.J. Hall has played five minutes. 
no points. I wonder if he's hurting again. No points and one rebound. That doesn't sound like him. Tigers shot 35%. Reminder, we got the high school scoreboard tonight across the state. David Shelton will join me, 10.05. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We look forward to talking with you about it on Monday night. Chris, thank you so much, my friend. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it. Thank Have a you, great Pat. weekend. Pat, same to you. Have a great weekend. Thanks to the folks here at Dave & Buster's. We've had a blast and we'll be back. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Sports Talk, and we'll see you Monday night on Sports Talk. Have a great weekend.